Hello and welcome back to the Travelling Introvert and our particular section that is Career Conversations. Today I am talking with the wonderful Sonia who's going to introduce herself. Hi everyone, I'm Sonia. I'm a lot of things. I'm a master trainer, I'm a strategist, I'm a DI consultant, I am an executive coach. Those sound like a lot but they are related to one thing which is people. I'm a cheerleader for people and ideas and so everything I do is related um, towards how do you get leaders to create environments where people can thrive. All right yeah and I'm glad that you said all of those things because so many times we get pigeonholed into oh well you just do this and this is all you must do like no mm. I, I have, I'm a multifaceted human like all of us so the stuff that I do. So the first question that I ask everybody is um, are you an introvert? No, I am not an introvert. I'm an extrovert, not a strong one, but um, I get energized by people and places and um, and I talk to think. The more I talk and interact with people, the more clear I, clear I become. So I'm definitely an extrovert. I see. So to you, what does introversion mean to you? I think introversion... If I see someone and they have to think and then they speak, if they go inward to recharge, then I tend to think they're they're introverts. Okay. All right. So you talked about the fact that you deal with leaders and making sure people can be the best they can be. Do you think leaders are born or cultivated? Definitely cultivated. Um, you could be born with some, you may have natural talent, but it has to be honed. And so leaders aren't born. That's a myth that, you know, they, they, they had for years where they misinterpreted, you know, charisma for leadership. But if you want to be an effective transformational leader, that is a skill that you have to work on and you have to build. And what would you say are the three key skills that you need to build to be an effective leader? Well, you have to be clear. You have to provide clarity when you're you're leading with you're you're leading people. So you have to have a vision and understand how to paint a picture for people to see where they're going because that's primarily what a leader does. A leader says, "We're going here. Let me tell you what it looks like. Let me tell you where it is." Because in that messy journey towards the vision, people lose clarity, people lose belief, and if you if the leader is unable to to, to direct and say, here's where we're going and inspire and cajole and influence people to that, then you're failing as a leader. So that's the first one, be able to be clear and to paint pictures that so people can see where they're going. You know, because sometimes when you're walking, you, you're, you're trying to accomplish something, it can get foggy. I like to call it the messy middle where you don't know where you're, if you're going forward, you're going back where you don't know where you are. And a leader gives you clarity and shines the spotlight so that you could come out of that darkness. The second thing a leader needs is um, those empathetic skills because in today's world, you have to know and understand people in order to figure out what environment brings out their productivity, what environment brings out their ability to thrive. So you have to be able to communicate. You have to be able to spend time listening so that you can understand people. And then I think the third skill that um, leaders need that, that are critical is the ability to recognize great work 
and tell the person what they have been doing well so that people coming to, to work with you understand what is my role in, in creating this success and that it is being recognized. Too many people in organizations don't feel seen, they don't feel heard, they don't feel valued. And if you have a leader that is unable to do that, then they're not gonna be successful. All right, thank you for that. So in all the roles and the things that you do, from DI to strategy and leadership and everything else, what are some common misconceptions? Well, I'm in the training and consulting industry. And so if I would say from training, the training industry, I think that people, the misconception is that training changes behavior. Changing on its own does not change behavior. People always use training as a solution. Oh, you're problematic going to training. No. Um, you, you, if also another misconception is that you don't have to coach people. So I often say training plus coaching leads to changed behavior. And so that's usually a misconception, uh, misconception in addition to the answer is not always training. Sometimes people come to me and tell me, oh, they want training. And I'm like, why? They don't need training. This is a systemic issue. This is not a training issue. Right. The second industry I'm in is in consulting. And I think the first misconception is that when I come in and give you recommendations, that that's it. People, people act like that's it. Okay, we know what to do. Well, you still have to go there and do it. And I can't do it for you. I can help. I can help build capacity. But the recommendation means nothing until you implement it. So organization leader, organizational leaders have to help and save themselves. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sometimes I think we've hired a consultant. Oh, and another, <laughs> yes. And another misconception is that you only hire me when things are critically bad. I love leaders who recognize we need you because we want to maintain this winning that we are on. So yes, that's yeah. another misconception that I wish people would get away with. We'll, yeah, we'll get rid always, of. It's always the last minute sort of, we'll call you in and then you have to fix all the burning fires that we have. And then we're going to be really upset when you don't do it. Yes. Yes. I come in to build capacity for you to help yourself and I can do it for you. But then when I leave, you know, you have exactly. So yeah, that's it. Okay. So you've built this, this uh, great career that you have. And speaking of career, what is the first job you ever did? The first job I ever did, um, right out of university, I was hired by my organizational development professor. And she, I was in her class. And then she said, well, when you graduate, I will give you a job. And then my first job was was spent going around the Caribbean. I'm originally from the Caribbean, born, nurtured, and educated in the lovely island of Barbados. Everyone should come down. And then my first job was to go around and do training needs analysis for leaders in the Caribbean. It was a project funded and supported by the United States Agency for International Development. And so my first two years was just walking around talking to leaders, asking, what do you need to become a better leader? <laughs> That's was, an awesome first job. Yes. 
it was a great job. Um, it allowed me to sit with very many experts and really sit and assist them. And so I got to learn a lot. I worked a lot with Dr. Trevor Farrell, who was, who was a brilliant strategist and worked with governments around the world to develop strategic plans. And I would sit with him, you know, I would take notes for him. So you learned a lot. And he, he was the first person that told me, and I'm like, I think I came up, I was like 20, 21. And he's the first person that said to me, Sonia, a man will know 20% of what is needed. And he would raise his hand as if he know a hundred. A woman will know 80% of what is needed. and will sit there until she's sure that she has a hundred. He told me that when I was... 22 and I would never you know forget that so that was my first job allowed me to just sit with lots of experts and soaking a whole lot of knowledge on how to become better leaders how to become better strategists how to you know handle change wow very young for that kind of a position it was I think I my my first leader <clears throat> I think she had, she, the way she would teach you to swim is she would take you and toss you into the sea. <laughs> I actually don't really so, think that was young for you to have that position. I was right, she, she, curious she, about your thoughts around it. Around it. <laughs> she, and, and so you learn, and you know, you and I have talk, talked about this before because you learn to be overwhelmed without showing it. Mm. Um, you, 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 you learned a lot, which was good because, you know, we spend a whole lot of my time at, and I, when I say we, you know, um, colleagues that I work with, one of my best friends that I met at university, we spent a lot of time saying we need a challenge because that's how we came into the world of work. You had a big challenge and you dealt with it and you dealt with it showing competence but when you're when you're surrounded by lots of people like like I was who were experts they were excellent teachers not always the case no I I it's only now in looking back that I realized how lucky I was mm -hmm. I was surrounded by I mean we had toxic people of course but you looked out by the people who were very knowledgeable very experienced and we're very much into coaching and developing you. And so my first um, boss, my first leader, that was her, a, a developer, a learner. Um, just when you think, oh, I'm about to drown, she will step in and help you. So you never drowned, right? Because she was there to ensure. she. So she stretched you without breaking you. Mm. So that's one connection that you've made that, that changed your life. Can you talk to me about another connection or human that you uh, are friends with or have met that changed your life and put you mm. on a different course on a different you know I think I always think of my I have a best friend I met her um she was my brother's girlfriend and um I thought good people so I kept her when he cheated on her and she broke up with him and he cheated on her with one of her good friends. And she taught me the wonderful lesson that a man must never get in the way of a strong female friendship. Yep. Very early on, because we three are still friends now, right? <laughs> and so she changed my life and made me recognize, wow, women 
coming together is powerful and you really shouldn't let um, men break that up. So that's another connection that I think really changed my life and changed my outlook. Um, the other one, I have a really great, these are over 30 years ago that I've met them. Um, I, I was at university first year. I wasn't a very good student. I didn't attend class and we had exams and I walked into the library, looked around and saw someone sitting at a table and thought she looks competent. And I said, can I borrow your accounting notes? I've never spoken to her before. And she said, yes. And I passed that class and we're still friends to this day. And um, that was a, a connection. Also something that you, you teach that you look around and you look for people who, are, who look competent, who look um, intelligent, who comes across as highly skilled and you, you know, you connect with them. They, they teach you a lot. What does looking competent look like to you? I don't know. There was just, I got a lot of my gut feeling, but she was sitting there at the table with notes, looking very organized. And I thought, mm, she looks like somebody who attended all the classes. And I was right. <laughs> And, wow. and you you always ask because, you know, somebody else might have thought, well, did you attend classes? But she was willing, you know, so that's it. The kindness of being willing to, to lend a stranger that you don't know, who've never done anything, your nose. And um, so it's, a, it's looking competent, looking intelligent and being kind. Yeah, I'd fail on like one of those. <laughs> There's no way you would have got my notes. Like solid notes. Solid and she note. was a great note taker. <laughs> okay. So speaking of saying no, what is one thing that you say no to? I say no to meetings that are, aren't a good use of my time. I say no to projects that don't have the budget, you know, to pay me what it will take to deliver quality work. How do you know when a meeting's not worth your time? It's well, one of the things that I normally do if I'm meeting with someone or meeting with people, at the end of it, I ask that question Was this a good use of my time? Did I feel like it was meaningful and um, valuable? And if I answer no, then, you know, then I say, Well, never again. Or that, or what I usually would clarify is what's the agenda. So I rarely attend meetings that don't have agendas because that's how I determine whether I should be there or not. And even if they don't have a written agenda, I would ask the person hosting it, well, what are we going to discuss? What are we going to do? And if I don't feel like it's going to be, I have value for, you know, both of us, I will say, well, I can send you that information. I don't need to be there. So yeah. question for you, side note. If someone messages you on LinkedIn and they want to connect and like, I'd like to love, I'd love to get together and talk a little bit more about what you do. How do you respond? Well, I don't get those. <laughs> okay. um, people are usually, people usually have a specific thing they want from me. Either I would love to pick your brain on this issue I'm dealing with or I would love to, um, you know, get together to talk more about a particular issue. I shouldn't say I don't get those. I don't respond to those or I will say no. Why? Because, because then it's not a good use of my time. 
and it's not so when we're meeting it needs to be a win-win scenario in other words you get something and i get something and if only one of us is getting something and it's the same thing for me if i'm going to propose a meeting with some person then the question i have to ask is what would make this a good use of their time and i attempt to ensure that we have that win-win so for meetings where there is no win-win i don't attend now normally you don't have to give me some people will ask I want a specific issue. Can I pick your brain? I will look at the person and determine well, what can I get out of this? What would they, I know what they want, but what can they help me with? And it may be, hey, this person is having an experience that is clearly causing harm. And in a 15 minute conversation, because you know, my time, my, my meetings are 15 minutes or 30 minutes in a 15 minute conversation that I can help. And, um, and I can also understand more of the environment in which I work in. So this is a unique situation and I can benefit from understanding it a little bit more and I can also give help. So that's how I work through that situation. Awesome. Thank you. Um, that's really valuable and in line with like my thoughts about that whole thing too. And final question for you before we let you go. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No, I don't think so. Why? <laughs> um, I think a sandwich consists of two separate pieces of bread. So what about Subway? Well, they separate their, um, the makeup they may have, then that's no. not a sandwich, that's a sub. Okay, and hoagies, and depending on which part of the country you're in. Okay, well that, that's interesting. So it has to be two separate pieces of bread to make yes. it a sandwich. Yes, I've never been asked that question before. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, I, I keep that one. Try asking that question. If you ever like have a, a class with like engineers, mm -hmm. it, it, it goes sideways real fast. Oh, I can imagine. I train <laughs> a lot of engineers how specific they get and they will be. But yeah, so off the top of my head, I would say that a sandwich requires two separate pieces of bread, but you know, a sandwich loaf, um, something that is sliced. And so if it doesn't have two separate pieces of bread that you're combining, then it's not a sandwich. Okay. All right. That is your final thought on that. Thank you so much. Can you let my audience know where they can find you should they wish to find out more about the wonderful work that you do? Sure. They can um, connect with me on my website, soniagarpside.com. You can go read my blog posts. They can connect with me on LinkedIn, Sonia Lane Gartside, or they can, can connect with me on Instagram, which is at Sonia Gartside. Awesome. All those links will be added to the show notes along with the transcription. Thank you so much for giving me some of your time today. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs>